Jiminy's is the maker of sustainable dog food and treats made with cricket protein that is better for the environment. Cricket protein is also a superfood that is delicious, nutritious, and easy to digest for dogs. Save 25% on your first purchase. Go to Jiminy's.com slash AMR25 and use code AMR25 at checkout. This podcast is brought to you in part by BetterHelp Online Therapy. For 10% off your first month, go to betterhelp.com slash AMR. Start living a better life today. Wear the GPS watch both Dimity and I swear by, Koros Apex. It's simple and intuitive to use, offers an incredibly long battery life, and seamlessly syncs data for analysis, or Strava bragging rights. Get a free colored watch band with the purchase of any watch by using code MOTHERRUNNER at koros.com. Welcome to another Mother Runner. This is Sarah Bowen Shea. I'm joined today in studio with Brittany Williams. Hello. Hello. How are you doing? Good. It's been a long time. I know. It really is. As someone who sees you weekly, even just missing one week felt like an eternity. <laughs> Aw, that's Truly. nice. Yeah, it was. And and But the problem with having an injury, I felt like every day then became Wednesday, the day before I see you. And I'm like, I haven't progressed as far as I, I know. Wanted. And that's why I had to send you that text that was like, you can take the judgment out of it and let's just not see each other for a few weeks. I mean, it sounds like that's a relationship. Like, let's take a break, but like a good break. This is an actual break that we know is going to like resume again. It's a healthy break. It's not you, Sarah. <laughs> well, it's not me. No. <laughs> it's the injury's your fault, Sarah, not mine. Um, oh my goodness. So, um, so this is your second time on the podcast. It is. But you uh, have been honing your skills on your own podcast. I have. I just launched my podcast last week, actually. Uh -huh. um, it's called the Filter Free Friday Podcast. And I've been going live on Instagram for almost a year now, every Friday, and kind of giving funny banter and motivational speeches just to you know, live the life that you want to live. And I think pointing out some of the commonalities that we all have that no one talks about, kind of like the TMI moments that we have on this podcast yeah. but um and it was just time to make it a podcast i think instagram going live it isn't conducive for longer conversations so sure. really excited to be able to make it a little easier for people to hear my silly witty banter yes and it <laughs> is witty oh it thank is you yeah. i try i try so yeah so i'm really excited so episode two comes out on friday and it's it's a new world but uh, excited to be be in it yeah. So every, so weekly. Yep. Weekly, every Friday. Uh, it's called the filter free Friday podcast. You can find it wherever you listen to podcasts. Yeah. Um, and it's just, I think a little bit of, like I said, it's a tough love and laughs. It's a little bit of a tough kick, love and laughs. Yeah. I like a little that. bit of a, uh, kick in the butt in the right direction. Uh -huh. Um, but I'll do it with a smile on my face, which I'm not sure what that says about me. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and are you doing it all yourself? Do yeah. You... So wow. that's a, a, di a whole different world too. Yeah. But I thought about, you know, having someone help me, but it's one of those things where I would rather try to do it all myself. Mm -hmm. And if I fail or get overwhelmed, I can always ask for help. Yes. But for now, yep, it's 100% me just Googling how to podcast and then... <laughs> Like no joke. And it just learning from the way and buying the equipment and figuring it out. And it took me like four tries the first time, but I got it. And then... I'm impressed because we've always had a producer. Thank, yeah. thank you, Alex Ward of Sounds Like Pictures. Uh... Yeah, no, it's, uh, I don't think everyone is the kind of people, kind of person who could do it on their own, but I, I'm not one of those. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, and uh -huh. I'm not saying that I'm better than other people by any yeah, means. No. It's just a skill set that I have of like, uh -huh. I generally do pretty well. 
uh-huh. if I'm motivated. Wow. Well, good job. Congratulations. Thank you. Yes, yes, yes. So everybody should give that a listen. Um, Only after they listen to this podcast first, though. <laughs> Thank you. Hashtag priorities. <laughs> We're here. Priorities. Exactly. <laughs> so, all right. So I'm optimistic, guardedly optimistic that next Thursday we'll be able to work out fingers together. crossed yes. but it's okay if we can't yeah. but fingers crossed <laughs> yes. yes yes so i mean it will have been close to two months almost exactly that i had been in a weight training scenario yep um although boy some of those cobras that i did to open up my lower back i've been it's been almost like a push-up so, oh yep mm-hmm. yeah so um and lots of swimming but other than that nothing it's okay yeah so what are you thinking for me i think for anyone coming either back into fitness from injury or just they haven't you know lifted weights in a while the basics honestly Mm -hmm. and building up your confidence in your body because i think believe it or not you don't lose all of your strength overnight now Mm -hmm. yes you're going to have lost some strength but for us it's probably going to be instead of trying to go as heavy as we possibly can it's going to be coming down with weight and trying to get your form back Mm -hmm. trying to get your volume up and then honestly just having fun Mm because i think sometimes that first workout back Mm. is hard Mm-hmm. So I think at the end of the day, it's like finding some exercises that are fun to do and not just these are the best five exercises ever. Like mm-hmm. what mm-hmm. just is fun so that you can finish the the <laughs> session and say, okay, the, I'm going to, I dusted the rest off and we got there and I'm going to see another day. I think to me, those are the big benchmarks that we have to hit in that first session and then we'll build from there. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, fundamentals and fun, the two oh, F's, you yeah, know? Uh-huh. We're going to put the fun and fundamentals. Oh, there we go. Mm-hmm. God, you're yeah. good with the catch lines. You really are. I'm not sure I can, uh, you know, be tough love and laughs, though. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, I very much look forward to it with fingers crossed. Yeah, fingers crossed. Yeah, so and I, I'm hoping to try a little walk run this weekend. Okay. And possibly pickleball but i suddenly have a busy weekend and i'm not sure i can fit it all in so i think that might be the universe trying to tell me something yeah i also wouldn't try to fit it all in oh okay I'm just your trainer giving you again <laughs> tough love tough love one one step in the one foot in front of the other okay yeah yeah so but i've also been enjoying the pool and then um suddenly molly my best running friend only this week is like hey can i come swimming with you sometime i'm oh, like wow why have you waited all this time <laughs> And I've been swimming for the past six weeks to join me. So so she doesn't work on Wednesday. She's a veterinarian and she gets Wednesdays off. So we went out there this oh, morning. That's yeah. great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, and I realize that swimming's not super social, but um, it's a long drive to get there. <laughs> Just being, I think, in the same room as someone yeah, is enough. Yeah. I don't actually think you need to. I mean, if you're working out, if you're doing it right, other than running, I guess. Running is one of those few sports where you can do it right and be talking. But yeah. for most things... If you're That's putting true. effort in, you shouldn't be gift a gab That's all the true. time. You know, it's it's like minus the... running. Actually, I guess now that I think about <laughs> yeah. running is one of the few so- truly social sports. Right, right. Yeah, it's not like on the basketball court or the soccer field. We'd no, be like, you can't like, oh, so how's your husband doing? I yeah. mean, you can, I guess, on the soccer field. Like, I was a defender when I played soccer in high school. And oh, there is a lot of times where you're sure. just standing if your team's doing it right. If yes. you're on a bad <laughs> team, you do not have time to talk because the ball is always in your, on your side of the field. Yes. So it depends. Brittany, stop talking. They're <laughs> yeah, here. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh yeah so um so when she got a uh, hopped out of my car today she's like can i swim with you on sunday i'm like okay i guess oh, i'm wow. gonna swim now on, you're sunday, swimming on sunday, sunday too. Right. that's great right yeah so what made her suddenly so interested 
Um, I don't know whether her knee's bothering her or maybe she desperately missed me. I don't know. Yeah, you it's know. definitely the latter. Oh, of course. of course. Of course. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, but um, yeah, I have social plans and my younger daughter Daphne's uh, playing on our co-ed soccer league and we have two games to watch this weekend. So got, got stuff going it. on. Yeah. I'm convinced that once you have children, your weekends are just full. <laughs> I mean, this, the sorry, look on your kids, face is also kids like... on a, kids on a, of a certain age. Yes. Well, I'll start, I'll start there. But like, yeah, once your kids are sports age, I'm just assuming my weekends are gone. Am I wrong? Oh, you are not wrong. No, I mean, Katie, our, another occasional co-host. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. She has three kids all playing volleyball, all playing soccer. And at times she has to be at more than one. Right. Like, you know, so it's, there were times Sophie's that choice. I had to be at more than one place at one time. And I was the. <laughs> child yes, in the sports yes. we had to pick so let alone the parents <laughs> right. and there was only one of me and it was stressful right i yeah. can only imagine if you have more more than one kid yeah daphne um had to make the choice between um soccer and she does musical theater and mm. she was supposed to go see um freestyle love machine no what's the it's a it was early lynn manuel she was miranda she was able either go see that and for a teen theater council thing or play in the game and there there's so few girls on the co-ed team that mm. she had to she choose the to. soccer yeah yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah it's tough yeah it is um so none of this has anything to do with um no. except she'll be in the sun that sort of has to do with the topic um we are this as part of our tmi a month it's not just tuesday anymore around amr parts it's a whole month of tmi stuff we are talking to a dermatologist we're talking to brooke jackson md a board certified dermatologist and dermatologic surgeon brooke is the founder of her durham north carolina practice called skin wellness dermatology associates um i'll fluctuate between calling her brooke and dr jackson uh dr jackson is the author of a new book called skin care for runners that plus the fact that she's completed at least 10 marathons and eight triathlons make her the ideal expert guest for this episode um, we're going to cover a host of skin related tmi topics that relate to runners and dr jackson is the adoptive mom of three active kids and if her name sounds familiar to you it's because she was a guest on this show scares me how long ago it was it was a decade ago how long have you had this podcast 11 years it oh, wow. yeah 11 years this summer yeah so that's so awesome th congratulations that, thank you there's that bar for you to <laughs> get on it <laughs> there we go yep i yeah, love it i love it um, i don't know in 11 years will it just be a holographic presentation of right like, yes yeah you'll just come you in, know. A, in 11 years i'll just show up in your living room right exactly. and, and give you personal advice yes, tailored yes. to you who was the artist who did that the well michael jackson they did a hologram of and then there was Did they do like Prince or Madonna? I want to say it was Prince as I well. I thought it was Prince. Prince and then I thought it was maybe somebody who also played guitar but I'm thinking it was Prince. Yeah so that so you're going to. You just showed up. Yes. Yeah, yeah me and Prince. Yeah. <laughs> Show up in your living room. So all right so that was a decade ago that Dr. Jackson uh, was on the show and it was time to bring her back because she was great then and now she's had this book so she's even better. So I know Brittany you and I look forward to talking all things skin with Dr. Jackson after this break. Stay with us. Dimity and I are delighted to be partners with Koros, far and away our favorite GPS watch brand. As I told you last time I talked up Koros, I'm a bit of a tech Luddite. So ease of use is one of the many reasons a Koros is ideal for me. I press two buttons, then I'm off and running, or swimming and cycling. Once I complete my workout, the watch and the app are super easy to use and compatible. Bluetooth connects the two, and the workout data seamlessly uploads to the app, where it's easy to scroll and analyze, even for me. Plus, just like syncing from the watch to the app is automatic and instant, so is the transfer of data over to Strava from the Koros app. 
During my back injury, getting kudos on Strava has been making my day, so this ease of use is key. Another reason I'm a loyal Koros lover, the battery life of the GPS watch. In normal GPS mode, you enjoy 25 hours of battery life. Since switching to Koros several years ago, I've never been greeted by a low battery when I strap on my Koros watch, or worse, having my battery die mid-run. Ugh. The long-life battery on my Koros Apex is ready when I am. I've got it charged and ready for my back-from-injury run-walk this weekend. Woohoo! Get a free watch band with the purchase of any watch on Koros.com. Just add the band of your choice and at checkout enter code MOTHERRUNNER to receive the offer. That's Koros.com, C-O-R-O-S.com and code MOTHERRUNNER, one word, Koros.com, code MOTHERRUNNER to get that free watch band with the purchase of any watch. This Earth Month, consider reducing your dog's carbon paw print with Jiminy's sustainable dog food and treats made from cricket protein. Yes, cricket protein. Get it? Jiminy's? Jiminy's is sustainably made because cricket protein uses less water and land to produce and drastically eliminates greenhouse gas emissions versus traditional animal protein dog food. One bag of Jiminy's cricket protein treats saves 220 gallons of water versus traditional animal protein treats. Dogs love the taste. In addition to cricket protein, Jiminy's contains delicious, nutritious, plant-based ingredients like sweet potatoes, blueberries, peanut butter, and pumpkin. And Jiminy's is easy for dogs to digest because cricket protein contains a fiber that's prebiotic, which supports a healthy gut in your dog. Jiminy's is also good for dogs with food sensitivity or dogs with allergies. Insect protein is considered hypoallergenic for dogs versus other allergy-triggering proteins like beef, chicken, fish, and soy. My beloved dog, French Bulldog Augie, loves Jiminy's Cricket Crave dog food. He can be a picky eater, but when there's Jiminy's in his bowl, Augie eats it with gusto. He's also loving a new Cricket protein treat from Jiminy's called Peanut Puffs, flavored with, yup, peanuts and a touch of banana for sweetness. Please check out Jiminy's dog food and treats made with Cricket protein, a sustainable superfood that is delicious, nutritious, and easy to digest for dogs. To learn more, and save 25% on your first purchase, go to Jiminy's.com slash AMR25 and use code AMR25 at checkout. That's J-I-M-I-N-Y-S dot com slash AMR25 with code AMR25 to save, yes, 25%. Stress. It's not one size fits all, both in what causes it and how it manifests itself in your body. We don't always realize that physical symptoms like headaches, teeth grinding, and even digestive issues can be indicators of stress. Same with sleeping too little, sleeping too much, undereating, and overeating. So here's your reminder to take care of yourself, dial things back, and maybe try some therapy. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist, so you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. BetterHelp is much more affordable than in-person therapy. Lately, it's been almost laughable what's causing me stress. I couldn't sleep for nearly two hours the other night because I was fretting about encouraging people to buy tickets to my son's dance performance. Two hours! And that's just one of my many concerns related to my teens that is causing me to lose sleep. The list is endless. In the bright light of day, however, I realize I don't need to solve all the problems. Thankfully, there's therapy, which helps myself and members of my family. The help therapy provides is invaluable. Give BetterHelp a try and see if online therapy can help lower your stress. Our listeners get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash AMR. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P dot com slash AMR for 10% off your first month. Betterhelp.com slash AMR. 
Well, Dr. Jackson, uh, welcome back to the show. So glad you could join us again. Thank you. So glad to be here and happy that you invited me. Dr. Jackson, I'm really excited to meet you. I mean, virtually, I suppose, but and I have like a ton of my own questions about skincare uh, as a runner, but tell us a little bit about your running and your triathlon background. Um, so I am a board certified dermatologist and because I have been really spending a good deal of my um, life running around to different training programs and picking up and moving, um, I often found myself in cities where I knew no one. And so um, I really started running marathons because I saw a little ad when I was in Texas to run a marathon to change your life. And I'm like, I will never do that. Um, <laughs> I grew up playing field hockey, you know, sort of doing some short stuff, but I'm like marathon, that's way too long, but this might be a social opportunity for me to kind of get out, meet some people. And so I joined this group and um, six months later, I found myself at the start of the Houston Marathon going, what in the hell am I getting ready to do? Wow. Um, and I did it and I loved it. Although, you know, certainly I had, I had really flat feet and no one told me that flat feet, flat people with flat feet really probably shouldn't be running long distance, but I did it anyway. So I ended up with IT band issues and, you know, physical therapy and blah, blah, blah. And so um, got back on my feet and um, ended up running nine more marathons. And so triathlons, I grew up swimming, actually. So I was on a swimming team when I was in elementary school. And so swimming is pretty easy for me. Running, you know, I was already training for running um, for races. And so I will share with you, I'm probably the laziest triathlon trainee ever because literally literally i usually do a triathlon while i'm still training for a marathon i already know how to swim i've never really enjoyed the bike and so often i will like pull my bike out of the garage the weekend of the race like i should put some air in my tires that's awesome i love that mentality because that's how i am about running and that that's how we roll with the triathlons so um i'm much more of a uh runner rather than a triathlete for sure. That's awesome. Tell us a little bit about your book, Skincare for Runners. I'd uh, love to hear about how it came about. I heard you described it to Sarah in an email as your pandemic passion project, which I'm really intrigued by. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, you know, I've been running marathons for a while and I've been a dermatologist for a while and I've always had a lot of athletes in my practice, whether they be you know, amateur athletes, high school athletes, I've had some Olympians and some professional athletes. And so I've, I, I sort of get that mentality um, where, you know, it's very similar to having to go to med school where you pound it out, you work hard and, you know, eventually it pays off. Um, and so with the advice that I've been giving to, given to my patients over the years, I find myself saying the same things, especially as it relates to skin, sun protection, managing dermatologic conditions while you're sweating or swimming. And so I'm like, I should just put this in a book. And so, so this has been on my mind for a very long time. And, you know, I think COVID and pandemic has done a lot of soul searching, or hopefully a lot of people have done some soul searching over the last couple of years. Um, but this is one of the things I'm like, you know what? let me just pound this out. And I did. And here we have it. So um, it was actually published last August. It's on Amazon and also on my website, joylessskin.com. And it's a bestseller. I love that. Nice, 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 nice. Well, we'll definitely have a link to it in our show notes. Yeah. 
So, all right, as I mentioned in the intro, that it's TMI month for another mother runner. So we're going to go there. Um, so okay. as we, we often do, we ask our Facebook community for questions. And I tried to group the questions into kind of loose categories. So we're going to kick things off with what I'm calling skin bumps. Okay. I like that. Okay, so Courtney tells us, I find that even as a 40-year-old, I get back knee after a sweaty run. I try and shower as soon as possible after running, but sometimes I have other things that get in the way, like getting the kids off to school. What kind of shower gel could I use to help with back and shoulder blemishes? So I would say there's not a specific type of shower gel. It's really just getting the sweat and grime off. And so when you think about it, it's on the back and chest is actually not so much acne, it's more folliculitis. And so what that means, itis means inflammation. And so it is inflammation of the hair follicle that is really triggered by bacteria and yeast. And so very, very, very common in athletes. I've seen it a lot in people who often sit for long periods of time with their back pressed up against a chair. Mm. So, you know, as an athlete, you're hot, you're sweaty. We have bacteria and yeast normally as our skin flora. You put those two things together and you're sort of like the oven that's producing this little yeast factory. <laughs> and so what I recommend um, for patients is make sure that you are number one wearing some sort of a wicking fabric you know cotton everybody loves cotton but the problem with cotton is it doesn't um it, it holds the moisture next to your skin and so you end up with a sticky yuck, yucky shirt next to you so wicking fabric cool max dry fit under armor whatever brand you like wicks the moisture away from you so you're actually drier but also making sure that you bring a dry clean shirt if like if you have to go pick up the kids or run some errands get that wet stuff off of you. So keep a dry shirt in your car, get the wet one off. Even if your dry shirt is cotton, that's fine. At least you're no longer sitting in that sticky stuff. Mm -hmm. And then because this has been such an issue and a lot of people like yourself, you have to run the errands and you don't get to a shower very quickly, I actually developed a shower in a box. So I have a wipe that um, you can throw in your gym bag and it has a little bit of hypochlorous acid in it, which is antibacterial and anti-yeast. And you can just use that. It's pretty large. You can use it on your face, your back and your chest, and then you won't have to hit the shower so quickly. Nice. Nice. I have been on the injured list for almost two months and I have to say the skin on my body has gotten better in that amount of time. Yeah. Um, yeah, as, as, and I haven't done nearly as much laundry. Um, so, so, all right. So Jillian writes, and there's, this is long cause then there's another one. So, um, Jillian writes, I get itchy slash stingy, bumpy slash scaly red patches at the outside corners of my eyes and under my nose. It's worst in the, in the East coast winter, but can happen any time of year. It's like my skin is reacting to my sweat and runny nose. I use a moisturizer twice a day to calm it down before I irritate it all over again, sweating. Any tips? Is there anything I can do to prevent it? And in perhaps a related question, Hildy wrote, when I run inside on the basement treadmill, I develop burns in various areas of my face, tip of the nose, under each eye, bottom of face. It turns into very dry spots over the course of a few days. Not sure what's going on. So just to me, it seemed like patchy bumps on face that are not acne. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and so a lot of that, um, um, you know, if you are sweating, think sweat is basically salt water. Mm -hmm. And so if you have salt water that is in contact with your relatively thin and otherwise sensitive skin, like around the eyes, around the mouth, 
then you're just doing those things together or asking for trouble. So it's irritation. Sweat, tears, kind of same deal. Very, very irritating. So Vaseline will be your best friend. You can take a little bit of Vaseline and just do a little swipe under the eye and in the corner of the eye. And I recommend that also for, you know, some people who just tear when they sleep. They wake up and they have like this little stream of, you know, salt, dried salt on the side of their face. And so um, Vaseline can be helpful for that. Um, For the East Coast runner who's in the cold weather, I would actually, before you go out for a run, just take a thin coat of Vaseline and put it on your entire face. It functions also as a wind barrier and so and a moisturizer, so you can um, protect your skin from kind of wind burn as well as any issues that you're going to have with sweat. And moving on down the body, other, other great uses for Vaseline, um, you can use them in, in any area that tends to rub. And so like around the armpits, between the thighs, um, around the nipples, any kind of friction areas. So Vaseline, it's readily available. It's cheap and it's awesome. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. I We did something similar to that when I was in, I ran cross country in college. We would run rub Vaseline all over our bodies mm-hmm. when it was really cold. Yeah. Maybe it's just because we were Texas runners. I'm not sure. <laughs> but it's like always, it was like an extra la- layer of like protection. Over, I don't know why we didn't just wear leggings yeah exactly but that was always the go-to choice so i appreciate that, that was the answer moving on to the next so one, one of my, oh good yeah i was gonna tell you just a funny story about vaseline so in one of my very first races as a novice runner you know you don't know things right and so you're running through the race and somebody like is holding this cardboard out and you think it's like goo or a snack or something oh, no. so you grab a handful of it Oh, oh no. no. It was Vaseline. Oh my god. It was gosh. Vaseline. It did not taste very good. So it's good to put on but not to ingest. Oh goodness. <laughs> that oh. oh my gosh. And did you did just the whole glob of it in one fell swoop? The whole glob. The oh whole glob. gosh. Yeah. I'm gonna gag a little bit just thinking about yeah. it. <laughs> That's, as if the race isn't hard enough. Right. Oh my right. goodness. Oh, next question. Jody confesses I've been dealing with heat rash on my back. I immediately get out of workout clothes and shower, but it keeps reappearing. Any suggestions? Um, could be a couple of things. So, you know, everything we just talked about before as far as the wicking fabric, but in a heat rash, there's if it it looks like hives sometimes. There is something called a physical urticaria. Urticaria is a medical term for hives. Mm. And people can develop hives just from being hot. People can develop hives from sweat, even being in contact with water. And so one of the things she may want to do before she goes, you know, most runs are scheduled. You don't just decide you're going to run 10 miles. <laughs> so you know when you're going to do it. Um, but go ahead and take an antihistamine before. Um, one of the non-sedating antihistamines are all over the counter. Um, Claritin, Zyrtec, Allegra, just pick one. Um, but I would probably take one about 20 minutes before a run, and that might help. I wish I had that advice in college because I have, well, had, don't have any more heat and exercise-induced hives is what my doctor called yep. it. Mm-hmm. So yeah. someone who was running yeah. 75 miles a week in Houston, Texas in the summer, heat and yeah. Exer- yeah. exercise-induced hives is an everyday situation. <laughs> and I would take a Benadryl yeah. afterwards, but it would just knock me out. Yeah. And so I wish someone would have yeah. told me, take non-drowsy beforehand, girl. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's yeah. great advice. Yeah. Oh my 
second his light bulb just went off. Right. I literally was just like, wow, okay, 10 years too late. <laughs> Shouldn't have done it beforehand. <laughs> well, it's never too late. So. It is. I can, I'll use it now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We have a lot of pollen yeah, here in Portland. Yeah. We yeah. do. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, all right. So, Tina took our request for TMI seriously when she told us, a couple of years ago, I had a skin tag on my lady parts. Never had one before or since anywhere, she points out. My GP said it was from rubbing when I exercised. I didn't believe her. I had it removed. So Tina's question, can running give your lady parts skin tags? <laughs> what are skin tags? Little, uh, well, I'll let the doctor. Okay. Why am I jumping <laughs> to answer that? <laughs> my gosh. Sarah was ready. Yeah. Sarah, oh. the ego. All right, Tina. <laughs> um, so first, what is a skin tag? So a skin tag is really just like what it sounds. It's a completely benign growth. We usually see them in areas of friction and areas that are sort of increases. And so very commonly, I will see them around the neck. I see them in the armpits. You see them in the groin. You can see them under the breast. Now, I think it's just probably more coincidence mm. that um, most people start developing them and growing them in their late 20s, early 30s, and you get more as you have more birthdays. And so I, ref I refer to them as the barnacles of life. <laughs> um, if you have them in an area, because they normally occur in areas of or skin folds or sort of in the creases, which would be in your thighs or in the underarms. What running may have done because you're moving is the additional friction may have caused it to become irritated. Mm. And so I can't say that running created this. I think it mm. probably was going to happen anyway. It's just running made it noticeable. Mm. They're not dangerous. Um, you'll get more as you have more birthdays. And, you know, when they bug you, you just take them off. Yeah, I was thinking maybe after the show, I'll... I'll... I'll show Brittany a few of my skin tags. I... Hopefully not on your little parts. <laughs> no, no, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I won't be doing yeah. anything. Yeah. Can happen to runners in the lady parts. There's so there's so many things to like. I don't want to say worry about, but and here's another day at to. 34. Learn yet another thing to just cool skin tags. Bring it on. Yeah, yeah. But you know, again, if you have anything, and that's where Vaseline can take care of it, or um. You know, if it's a little bit of a dangler, you know, just putting a Band-Aid, but then you get irritation from the Band-Aid. So taking it off is probably the right thing to do. Mm -hmm. um, but Vaseline, again, can any place where you have friction, Vaseline is your friend. Mm -hmm. And because of that, too, in the lady parts, I also tell people, you know, you're better off probably wearing like bike, biker type shorts as opposed to the little bungee ones. Mm -hmm. um, because fabric can cause irritation as well if it bunches and so you know rather than a tank top wear a tee um mm -hmm. rather than you know those little floppy shorts wear biker shorts mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. interesting all right moving on to my favorite topic which is chafing i struggle with chafing i um last episode that i was on talked about how i most recently have been dealing with butt crack chafing uh which i didn't realize was a thing but apparently i now uh use a chafe stick on my butt before every single long run uh so i filled this question from kimberly kimberly wrote training for my last marathon i chafe so badly on my back that i now have scars any suggestions for helping minimize their appearance yeah. 
You know, the back is not a usual place to chafe unless, of course, she was wearing a fanny pack or a water bottle or something that was mm-hmm. rubbing. Mm-hmm. So, you know, again, chafing because there's nothing else really rubbing on your back unless it's around the bra. Mm-hmm. So any place where there is any kind of friction or irritation, you can potentially get chafing. And really, what is it? It's irritation of the skin, usually from rubbing. That, you know, skin really functions, I think of skin as like saran wrap. It is our barrier and protects our insides from the outside world, from bacteria, yeast, everything, and keeps our blood inside, our bones, everything else inside. It's like saran wrap. And so when that saran wrap is compromised, like you've taken little fingernails and poked through your saran wrap covering your bowl of onions, your refrigerator smells like <laughs> onions. And so that's kind of what happens when your skin chafes. You, your skin gets irritated and it's not really functioning as a skin barrier. So that's why it actually feels almost like a sunburn mm. when you have those areas. And so, you know, obviously if you chafe, the last thing you want to do is jump in a hot shower because it's not going to feel good. <laughs> so, you know, I would make probably dial it down, take a cooler shower, Vaseline will be your friend, any kind of moisturizer, keep things on the cooler side, um, and then figure out what it was that bothered your skin and fix that. So sometimes it can be the new tag on, you know, a t-shirt or your bra just wasn't fitting right. So you got to fix it. So well, that, that's interesting that you bring up the um, take a cooler shower because on our, we have an ancillary show called AMR Answers and somebody was asking why is it when you hop into a shower, it hurts so badly where you chafed, but then she wanted to know why that pain diminishes. So we, we gave the advice to take a cooler shower, but, but Dr. Jackson, can you, can you explain why it is that it doesn't hurt for the whole time you're in the shower? Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So initially, like our nerve endings are sensitized with any kind of irritation and very commonly, I mean, like with people who've got urticaria or hives or any kind of itchy condition, hot showers feel great, right? They're relaxing, which is why a lot of people like to take them. But the hot water is also a um, distractor. Oh. And so it's giving, giving your nerve endings a different sensation so that your skin nerve endings are like, oh, well, what's this hot thing going on over here? I don't, I'm not worried so much about that burning that I had an hour ago, but now like, let me figure out what this hot stuff is going on. Uh So it's almost like your, your, um, your nerve endings are distracted by the heat and they forget the burn. Okay. And so that's what happens over time. And, but with that said, anytime you are uncomfortable, if you've got a sunburn, if you've got a shape, you're always better cool. Cool will calm you down and mm-hmm. be more comforting. Now, it doesn't have to be ice cold. It just has to be like warm. I mean, not super, no steam in the mirror. Mm-hmm. Um, and that will be much more comfortable for you. All right. Okay. I like that. Um, you do a good job of making scientific things very approachable mm-hmm. and understandable. Thank you. Uh, um, so um, moving on, sunscreen, dare I say, is a hot topic for our crowd. Um, April asks, how important is sunscreen when we're running at dawn and the sun is just coming up? Well, <laughs> I always tell everyone, just because then you don't think about it. Mm-hmm. Um, if you are going to be out there and there's sunlight in the sky, even if you didn't start out and, you know, you're going to run through the sunrise, you got some sun exposure. Mm. So, you know, the 
sunscreen is such a huge conversation. And um, let me first address an elephant in the room about vitamin D deficiency. Mm-hmm. Um, because everybody likes to blame dermatologists for the epidemic of vitamin D deficiency <laughs> because we make everybody wear sunscreen. It's a conspiracy. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> I would, right? It's a conspiracy, right? And so with vitamin D, um, the amount of sun exposure, because our skin does participate in the production of vitamin D, but the amount of sun exposure that we actually need is probably about five to 10 minutes of unprotected sun exposure. So that basically means if you're going to drive to work with short sleeve shirt on, you're good. Mm. Um, Our bodies don't store vitamin D. So that's why going to the beach or going to a tanning salon is not ever going to increase your vitamin D level. And there are a lot of other reasons why people may be vitamin D deficient. So let's just kind of put that vitamin D thing away. Um, But as far as the sunscreen, we know that significant exposure to sun puts you at risk for skin cancer. Most people who run, particularly run long distance, it's not, you know, you're out there for a very long time, both in, I mean, mean, I'm not from Kenya, so, but, you know, I'm out there for a long time. (laughs) But, you know, even with your training period, it's months that you're training. And so you do this year after year after year, and it's really cumulative effect of sun since you were a little kid. And just like we talk about smokers, you know, it's the pack years of smoking that puts you at risk for lung cancer. It's really the sun exposure years. So you start running track when you're in high school, you end up transitioning to running marathons in your 20s, 30s, 40s, and 50s. You got 40 years of sun exposure. Your risk of getting skin cancer is huge. And so wearing sunscreen is part of that protective mechanism. You know, certainly if you don't like sunscreen and there's some people who just for whatever reason won't wear it, then your other sun protective measures would include keeping your shirt on, Mm -hmm. making sure that, again, more coverage. So rather than wearing a tank, you wear a tee or or a long sleeve shirt, you wear a hat that's going to cover your forehead and your ears. You, you know, wear probably longer shorts. You minimize the amount of skin that is actually exposed to the sun because if you add all of that up, that's where you're going to be more at risk. Hmm. Hmm. That's interesting. I need to wear more sunscreen. I know, man. That was, that was, that, <laughs> that was, was some straight sp- talk. That was you, scared yeah, straight. I was going to mm-hmm. say, you spoke straight to my soul. <laughs> um, which leads us actually to Laura's question. She asks, are there any recommendation for a sunscreen that will provide effective SPF coverage and remain on her sweaty face for the duration of a half marathon? Um, the short answer is no. Well, I guess the other answer is how long do you, how fast do you run? <laughs> so I love um, that answer. Nope. <laughs> Next question. Uh, yeah. So here's the thing about sunscreen. Poorly understood, misunderstood. We're going to go through this. Easy breezy. So there are sunscreen is sort of a generic term for some sort of cream or potion that you put on to protect you from the sun. You have physical sunscreens and um, chemical sunscreens. Physical sunscreens tend to be zinc oxide, titanium dioxide. In the olden days, it's what the lifeguards wore, that kind of white stuff on their nose. Mm-hmm. Over the years, it's become micronized. So it's actually, you know, you don't have to walk around looking like a, a um, lifeguard. It's, you know, they're actually pretty elegant formulations. Sunscreens, the physical ones act just like they sound. They are a physical blocker from the sun's rays to penetrate through your skin. The chemical 
um, some blockers are almost like little Pac-Man, like, you know, that game Pac-Man. <laughs> and so they will come and chew up the the damage that the rays are giving to your skin. So the two functions, both physical blocker and sort of the Pac-Man mechanism work best together. So the best sunscreens are a combination of physical and chemical. There are some people who want to avoid chemicals. So obviously you go with the physical. The other thing that I will say is the best sunscreen for you is the one that you're going to use. So, you know, sometimes you split hairs too much and you end up talking yourself out of wearing a sunscreen. Well, the other answer is no one ever died from wearing sunscreen. People die from skin cancer every day. So, you know, if you enjoy running, you're doing a great thing for your body, but you're also putting yourself at increased lifetime risk of skin cancer. And wear some sunscreen. (laughs) So the numbers, the SPF, that means sun protection factor. What that means is how long you are going to be able to stay out in the sun before you get the damage. And so for easy math, let's say if you've got very, very fair skin, blonde hair, blue eyes, you go out in the sun in a minute and you're going to sunburn, then if you put on an SPF 30, that means you can stay out for 30 minutes to still get the same amount of damage. So you're still going to get it, get it. It's going to take that much longer. And so the other pieces of sort of this global protection are making sure that you prove that you choose an appropriate sunscreen with an SPF. Now, SPF only bears relevance to UVB. There's UVA and UVC that play a role in skin cancer. There is no rating system for UVA. And so you cannot have a false sense of security that I've got my SPF 45 and I'm good. I'm like, well, I don't know. Are you? Is it broad spectrum? Because that's the the word or the thing that you need to look for to say that it incorporates UVA protection. It will either say straight out that it's UVA, UVB protection, or it will say broad spectrum. But know again that SPF only bears reference to UVB protection. So the other thing is making sure that you are using enough. And so I have patients say, well, you know, is my sunscreen from last summer still good? And, you know, no, it's not. (laughs) So if you still have sunscreen left from last summer, that means you weren't using it appropriately. Mm. If you have a tube of sunscreen and let's say it's three ounces, you get it from the store, SPF 60, um, you, if you're going to put it on your face, need to use probably about the amount of a quarter to cover your face. Most people don't use that much, but that amount is what was used in the lab to garner mm-hmm. the SPF 60 rating. So if you're only using a portion of what you should be using, then you have a portion of the protection. And the other thing that most people fail to do is to reapply. And so in answer to that Um, listener's question about getting through a half marathon, well, that's 13.1 miles. And again, it depends how fast you run. (laughs) So if you're going to do that in less than two to three hours, you're probably good. But if you are not going to do that in two or three hours, then you're not. You need to reapply. So is there sunscreen that works then on wet skin? That was a question that we had from Kristen. Like if you're sweating a lot, it's obviously I think the importance of sunscreen is huge. And it sounds like that reapplication is probably the key part that we're all missing. Mm -hmm. Most of us, when we're going out for a long run or a race, it's taking more than an hour. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that there are, you know, 
SPF 200s out there these days. So like, what are we doing? What are the best application practices for when we are already wet and sweaty and need to reapply sunscreen? Yeah, great questions. And so um, the labeling of sunscreens has been a great deal of heartache debate and, you know, constant work effort with the American Academy of Dermatology and the FDA. And so we've been working for years, actually, to simplify and clarify the labeling. And so one thing is the numbers, the the rating system, the SPF 45, 60. It's confusing. And so going forward at some point, we can't say when because I don't know when, um, the FDA is going to make it very simple. It's going to be SPF 50 and above and 50 and below. Simple. Okay, so then we know that, you know, some of the difference between SPF 60 and 80, some of it's just marketing, right? Because you're not necessarily going to be out there if it takes you like two hours to get a sunburn, you're not going to be out there for 16 hours running. So, you know, most importantly, making sure that you are using enough. If you're going to be um, out doing a long run and you are very sweaty. The other thing is sweat proof. There's no such thing as sweat proof. There's no such thing as waterproof. You will see some of the labeling labeling now say sweat resistant, Mm. but then there should be a number on there that says sweat resistant for 80 minutes, Mm. water resistant for 80 minutes. The labelings have to say that now. So that means it's good for 80 minutes. So you have 80 minutes before you need to reapply. If you are going to be out there longer, then you got to figure it out. And so, you know, sometimes that means having your family members meet you halfway through so they can have the sunscreen. You know, a lot of these training programs now, like Fleet Feet, they have um, aid stations along training runs as as well as the race. And now, thankfully, they're starting to carry some sunscreen so you can reapply and make it easy for you. The other thing that I will mention is there is a capsule called HelioCare. And HelioCare is basically crushed up fern, like the plant. So some scientists made the observation many years ago that fern plants do not burn. Mm-hmm. So why don't we crush it up and make people eat it, and they will not burn either. <laughs> so um, it is considered a dietary supplement. It does not carry a labeling from the FDA about being an oral sunscreen, so I can't say that. But what I will say is that I encourage people who are significantly sun exposed or have risk factors for skin cancer to take this. And so I would, um, it's an antioxidant that helps your skin mitigate the damage of UV rays. It is not instead of a sunscreen, it is with, in addition to. And so for my runners, my athletes, my kids who are playing soccer, I would encourage you to go ahead and add this into your regimen. You take it before you run, 20 minutes before you run, and it's good for, you know, probably about four to six hours. So that that is something that you can do in addition to help you get through a longer race or a longer run. My dermatologist also recommended that for me, and I took it for a little while because I went to Hawaii and got really bad sun poisoning. Um, and so she recommended also to take it, like, if you know, I'm going to go to a tropical location and just be sitting out on the beach, kind of closer to the sun's rays for a long period of time to take it then too. 
Well, I don't know if you'd recommend that as well, but that's what she said to me. Well, I would never recommend anybody go sit out on the beach. Um, well, okay, good point, good point. But if you're going to have to be in the sun, yeah. maybe not sitting out on the beach, yeah. but doing something else, uh, yeah. playing pickleball maybe. Uh, I have a picture in my office in one of my exam rooms of one of those sun protective tents with my foot sticking out of it. And I point to patients like, that's the dermatologist at the beach. <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> what about for your scalp? So I think for me, I am black and I wear my hair in cornrows and in braids. And I certainly notice that my scalp is much more fair complected than my face. Um, and so sure. I am curious, you know, should I be putting sunscreen on my head? If you are have light skin and fine hair, should you be putting it on your scalp? Like what's the situation when it comes to your hair and your head? Yeah, I would always, well, I mean, you're better off just wearing a hat um, mm. because absolutely one of, you know, while women, tend to not get a lot of sunscreens, excuse me, skin cancer statistically on their scalp because they have more hair than men do. Where they will get it is in their part. You will get a sunburn in your part. So mm -hmm. I would absolutely encourage you if you're going to wear your hair in braids with sort of scalp obviously showing, you can get one of those spray sunscreens, just kind of run a little bit of it through your hair. But again, easy and easier just to kind of throw on a hat. Mm. Um, but scalp is actually a very high risk area for skin cancer, particularly for men and particularly for men who um, may be balding. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. So that leads us to a hair related question. We're leaving sunscreen behind. That was incredibly informative and enlightening and, and kind of scary. scary. Yeah, scary, but thank you. Um, so this hair-related question from Courtney, who is curious about ingrown hairs down there. She says they tend to pop up <laughs> when I run after I do some grooming. How do you prevent that? That's back to the lady part. Yeah. So um, depends on how you're grooming, but really kind of gets back to the same issue of friction and irritation. So you know, hair down there is still hair. And if your hair down there is longish, which is probably why you're grooming, mm -hmm. then, you know, hair can get caught. It can get pulled. It can get irritated. And so um, Vaseline, if you're not going to groom, if you're going to wear shorts, particularly, you know, those shorts that have like the little panty liner in it, mm -hmm. um, that often cuts you right where the underwear line is, bikini mm -hmm. line is. And so, again, probably better to choose something like a biker short that there's nothing going to be sitting right there in your crease. Um, if you are going to wear those type of shorts, I would most definitely put some Vaseline or some other sort of barrier, body glide or any of those things in that um, area as well. So, They're also making shorts um, these days that don't have the liners just for, as someone who used to work yeah. in that industry, if you look for training yeah. shorts, training shorts tend to not have the liners. So if you look for a, wove, a stretch woven training short, it is basically a running short without the brief and oh. maybe less pockets, yeah. which again, pros and cons to everything, but just a heads up. And yeah. you would wear those yeah. without underwear? That no, I would stuff? wear underwear oh, okay, okay. of some, ki of yeah, some yeah. kind. Okay, yeah. um, but I think that sometimes those briefs aren't necessarily made for comfort and yes. like less right. friction in that area. Yeah. Um, so I think it right. maybe gives you freedom of choice. And you could wear there like a go. biker underneath it yeah. or it kind of depends yeah, yeah. on what you're into. Good but call. just kind of a heads up for folks that 
walk if you're in your local sporting goods store you might find solutions outside of the running area i said it i know that's mm -hmm. shocking but it is true <laughs> yep <laughs> always uh, good to cross pollinate <laughs> yep um let's talk deodorant kathy wants to know about natural deodorant is there a brand that actually works and where do we stand on deodorant and its ingredients she fully expects to sweat and smell when she runs but when she's just sitting at her computer the rest of her body is freezing and her armpits are on overdrive what's up with that <laughs> well okay so there's a difference between a deodorant and an antiperspirant mm -hmm. and deodorant is exactly as it sounds it deodorizes so often they're heavy with perfume. Antiperspirants typically have aluminum chloride um, in there that helps to minimize sweat. Um, so natural deodorants, you know, as a dermatologist, I'm often, I always see people when they have problems with it. So I'm, you know, my view of some of these things is skewed because I see what the problems are. And often with natural deodorants, um, particularly people who have otherwise sensitive skin, like they've got hay fever, sinus problems, seasonal allergies, I will share with these patients, you and Mother Nature don't get along very well. <laughs> it's pollen. Pollen, you know, plants, comes from flowering plants. What do natural products, what are they made of? <laughs> so you and Mother Nature don't get along very well. So you don't necessarily want to put Mother Nature in your armpits. <laughs> so for those patients, I would probably recommend that they go with more of a deodorant that's made for people who have more sensitive skin, like Almay, Dove. Um, there's another brand called Vanna Cream, which has very few ingredients in it. It's one of my favorite for people who got, um, like, they're sort of allergic to everything, including fragrance. That's that's a good one to try. I'm sorry, what Arm was the name of that? baking soda. Oh, wait, Vanna what was cream. the Van, V, like victory? Uh-huh. Okay, all right. V-A-N-I. And then... And then, oh. so Dove, Dove um, mm -hmm. makes one for sensitive skin. Um, even Arm & Hammer, they have a deodorant out there, and it's straight-up baking soda. So that will help with the deodorant component of it as well. Solution um, for everything. But I would, yeah, I would probably steer a little clear, um, particularly of anything that has botanicals in it, especially if you've got more sensitive skin. Okay. That's great advice. All right, let's wrap this this combo by covering toenails, one of my favorite <laughs> topics. Yeah. Uh, Amy asks, what do we do to save the toenails? Um, I'm pretty for sure she means, you know, they get blood blisters, they get black. I think if you're a runner, you know what I'm talking about. Also, I used to lose my yeah. toenails a lot in soccer, mm. a lot. Um, yeah. That's probably because I was yeah. getting stepped on. <laughs> yeah. But how do we save them? I love that. I just like flash across, save the toenails, like save the whales. Save yes, them. save the toenails. <laughs> um, okay, so toenails. Toenails, first and foremost, make sure your shoes fit properly. Um you know, everybody feels some kind of way about their running shoes, but you, if you have a toenail issue, I would make sure that you are looking or considering shoes that have a little bit of a deeper toe box. Make sure they are also long enough. So generally running shoes should be probably a half size larger than your street shoe. 
And then you can also Vaseline your toenails before you put your wicking socks on. Are we sure Vaseline is not like a sponsor up... of this podcast? I know. Because that has been your oh answer God. for everything. I They're kind of love not, it. But it's this is kind of nice. It's, it's a one-stop shop. Yeah. Just a vast One-stop shop for everything. Vaseline's like, why did the sales of Vaseline suddenly pop up? <laughs> exactly. It's so I have no stock at Vaseline. <laughs> no, right? Um, and it's the Wonder Jelly. It's been around forever. That's why it's been around forever. It's classic. Yeah, just don't eat um, yeah. But, <laughs> yeah, so again, de- decreasing friction. Yeah. So you can put it on your toes. You can put it between your toes. Wear your wicking socks. Um, that should help. But there's, like, just like you, every time I go over 18 miles, I get a bruise on my toenail. Mm. And it is what it is, and you just get to see the life size cycle of the toenail and we all know it's going to grow out now let me just put a pause on that because we want to make sure it grows out um bob marley who was a soccer player who had an issue with his toenail who died of melanoma it was a melanoma on his toenail and so it was thought to be a bruise from his running and soccer injury but it was a melanoma and so to make sure that like toenails generally grow a little bit more slowly than fingernails. If you have a bruise in the, the what we call the proximal portion of your toenail, which is the part which is closest to you, not the part that you trim off, it typically takes about three to six months for that part which is closest to you to grow to the edge of your toe, which is what you cut off. Mm-hmm. You should see it progress and move forward. If it does not, and if particularly that closer portion next to you still stays dark, I would probably get that evaluated. Mm. Because we also know that trauma, chronic trauma, when we ask our bodies to continually heal from something, from some inflammation or irritation, that can also predispose us to certain types of, of cancers. And so, you know, never just assume Oh, it must have just been a running injury, especially if it's not getting better and it's not moving out. Um, mm-hmm. So I would say with caution, your toenails should grow out, but, you know, take those other things that we talked about and hopefully that will prevent. Wow. That's interesting. It's really uh, aligned with, I think, what sometimes you hear physical therapists and doctors say, like if you have uh, acute or well, I guess opposite acute chronic pain in one area and it's not moving and it's staying there you need to check it out but if you have general soreness that is kind of generally like when a pain starts to kind of move around or maybe not a pain because certainly there's injuries but like a soreness starts to move as a trainer i'm always like okay good like it's generally good when it starts to move and i feel like that's kind of what you're saying with the toenail like once it starts you can see your body trying to get rid of it it's a good sign when it's just staying your body's consistently having to work on it Mm -hmm. that's a that's a red flag so I have to ask right. about Bob Bob Marley. Exactly. Like, is that like dermatology, like lore or something? I mean, that that like is that or is that you know like a case study? I'm fascinated by that, you know, factoid. Yeah, I mean, so again, I'm probably skewed because this is certainly a conversation that um, I have with patients a lot. But you know, because we focus on skin cancers, we tend to know like who are the celebrities that have had oh, skin cancer okay. because sometimes mm. patients. Patients are like, oh, really? I didn't know that. Mm -hmm. And I often bring up Bob Marley because he had brown skin. Mm -hmm. And the 
you know, the word on the street is that if you've got brown skin, you don't have to worry about sunscreen because you're mm. going to get skin cancer. I'm like, you do. I I've subscribed four to that for, I'll admit it, for a very color. long time. Oh, yeah. I, oh, I, I yeah. did not wear sunscreen until I was maybe 26, mm. 27. I mean, recently. Yeah. Until mm-hmm. I think I woke up and I was like, you are not invincible just because, from skin cancer, just mm-hmm. because you have brown skin. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to make up for lost yeah. time here. Mm-hmm. Got some work to do after I've listened some- to this podcast. <laughs> Got some work to do. Wow. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, Dr. Jackson, thank you so much for really enlightening us on so many topics and for joining us again. And we, as I said, we'll link to your book and um, best of luck with that. And we'll think of you when we slather on repeatedly. Vaseline, well, Vaseline of course. When yeah. I go to the store immediately after this, depart where we are and go buy Vaseline, right. I'll think of you yes. for sure. Yes. The big that of it. You can mm-hmm. use it for everything. Exactly. Yes. Except eating. Yes. All right. Yeah. Well, gr- <laughs> great. <laughs> great to talk with you again. Thanks for making time. It was great meeting you. Sorry. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Well, seriously, scared straight. Yeah. (laughs) Like, I'm not kidding you. I immediately am going to, I, a few things that I took away that I really liked was like, I kind of tell people that like no bra should have a birthday. Like you need Uh to replace your bras. Same thing for a sunscreen. No sunscreen should see the next summer. Like we got to be using more of it. Oh, I think I need to also and, now go around my entire house, the car, and throw all of it out. It's going to break my heart a little bit because of all that packaging. Yeah. But, yeah. And then higher numbers. Yeah. She said some really good things about, like, the UAB, yeah. the broad spectrum, all that stuff. Yeah. Wow. Wow. All right. Okay. Well, um, and, you know, as a triathlete, that um, I hope maybe she got you inspired. We are doing um, a Race Like a Mother program, which means that we support you like our training programs do, but there's an in-person component that involves Dimity and coaches Jen and Liz. It is the Forge Sprint Triathlon and is best for beginners and intermediate triathletes who want the team spirit and extra features and the perks that are come with the Race Like a Mother program. Um, kicks off May 2nd. Registration's open right now. And um, Race Like a Mother is an immersive program that brings out the best in you as an athlete and incorporates a supportive in-person team spirit. So for 12 weeks, you're going to train virtually with a group of like-minded triathletes for this Forge Triathlon, which is a race designed for beginners. It's in late July. It is about 30 miles outside of Chicago. So then in that late July date, you're all going to gather with the coaches, Jen and Liz and Dimity, and then swim, bike, and run. And Dimity says you're going to complete that sprint triathlon with the widest smile ever on your face. And I'm sure you'll have some sunscreen streaking down your face um, as you come across that finish line. So to sign up for that um, sprint triathlon race like a mother program head on over to anothermotherrunner.com and click on the training tab and if you follow us on social media you'll find links to it there but again go to anothermotherrunner.com and also loads of great swag with that including i think some of our swag is now going to include sunscreen um, from kinesis so anyway no vaseline though no vaseline in our swag bags we'll work on that (laughs) our podcast today was produced in portland oregon by alex ward from sounds like pictures many happy miles And if I could be half as cute as you are when when I talk, like life would be good. My God, <laughs> I don't feel cute when I talk at all. Oh my God, I film my, so usually it's like when I have done the lives on Instagram, and then when I film myself on my or when I record myself on a podcast, I film myself oh, do? doing it, Ugh. and so I'm watching myself. Oh, that's hard.
Oh God. Oh no. You lose Thank all, you. Use all that, that. self-conscious. Oh my God. I was like, Oh my God, her cute cheeks, the sparkly oh, oh, eyes. Oh my God. You're the, you're the best. And I'm sitting here <laughs> and all like, I think no is, makeup, no nothing. All I think is stop frowning at, at like, Brittany. I'm literally having the a human good time. But that's literally the human experience. Isn't, isn't that crazy? Yeah. Like, not, no matter what happens, I, we assume that the other person, literally, I'm not kidding. You know, sitting here and just like, you seem so bright. And so like, I'm like, man, she's been doing this for 11 years. This is amazing. I'm over here, here, over here, thinking the same thing on me. And we're both like right. you know like why is a human being why are we like oh that God. it is so <laughs> awful it's, it's so awful it's so awful and then i think about why do i tell daphne like daphne no one else is concerned about what you know you're going through because they're too consumed with themselves yeah you know and so oh god we all just need to get out of our own freaking heads yeah i agree yeah um <laughs>